0: my babbers it's time for the no old bard witchcraft podcast innit? in it and today we're talking about west country witchcraft oh no we're not we're talking about triangles in it triangles yeah triangles, triangles the official game. gay shape isn't it bent, is in, it? Three... <laughs> <laughs> bent in three places
1: <laughs> not what they say okay. the menage the menage a trois yeah
0: is that from the karma sutra quest <laughs> Is that a move? Is that your favourite move? You what have a three... of the golden eagle.
1: Two in the bed and a little one said roll over.
0: Yes, the little ones. That's rained upon these days. I know several in ancient oh, wow. times. <laughs> I know in ancient times the age of control wow. was non-existent, essentially, wasn't it? But these days, Chris, if they're under 16, it's a no-go wow. area. <laughs> I
1: can't believe that in the first sixty seconds of the podcast you went straight to paedophilia. I I, just—I wonder sometimes how we're still on air. Ever
0: was it me that went there, or was it you? No, you were the one talking about the
1: little ones in the bed. But I didn't mean small children, Liam. What did you mean? I meant the little one. That's how the song goes,
0: and such. No, dear. are you one of those people that has watched so much because I watched a documentary on the BBC about this, right? People apparently these days watch so much pornography that Liam. they're all turning gay. <laughs> Do you know this? This is the public side of the podcast. Can we well, say save... public information? <laughs> can we say save... I mean can we say public the... information? The BBC is a public information broadcast, you know. I'm just, I'm just copying and pasting their message for content. But apparently, okay. people watch so okay. much pornography these days that it really affects the brain, and apparently, they just end up wanting more and more and more cr- crazy, fetishy kind of weird stuff. Novelty is what they want, Chris. It just gets worse and worse and worse. You see? So is that midget? dwarf thing the little ones in the bed is not what how far you've descended no it really isn't we do live in a fallen world according to our good christian friends there's all sorts of dodgy shit going on like veganism and vegetarianism it all says in the bible chris for the bible told me so in revelation speaking of revelations we got some revelations today haven't we because we're talking about triangles right going to try if you can get off talk about triangles okay so triangles
1: well the reason i'm asking liam is because you recently posted on the patreon a um a really long detailed um ritual of how to create an egregore Um, esther i think you said her name was Esther. Um, so in that in the in the bit that i actually read you know because obviously i didn't watch the i didn't watch the video
0: but you know in the comments underneath you were watching other videos weren't you chris have question. you had those tabs opening that incognito window didn't you <laughs> i don't use an incognito honestly you're gonna lose your life your entire <laughs> life A short life is too short you cannot spend it all on that bellamy website
1: <laughs> oh my god no Bellamy does not get to come into the podcast. It's already taken over the uh, Fausty Witches.
0: Yeah, but the Fausty Witches show is, is at the finished season two. Oh, I suppose. That doesn't mean you get to bring it over cause, here. Cause, Chris, if it doesn't come out here, it will <laughs> come out in your dreams. <laughs> you don't get to bring it out over here. That's not allowed. I mean, it's this or Sticky Sheets. You decide.
1: <laughs> oh, Wow. Wow. But yeah
0: triangles
1: so yes my my thought was even though we did that amazing um podcast back in the i think the first i think it was like episode 25 or something about then mm. and um we were still finding our rhythm and we did this probably what is my favorite i don't know about you uh podcast that we did on weaving planets where we talked about triangles
0: no, I prefer um, the chicken one. That was okay. episode six. That's probably my favorite. The chicken
1: episode. Did that is that the one that got deleted?
0: No. No, 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 deleted. no,
1: no. Um That
0: was the Yoda one. The Yoda one got deleted. So Yeah, weaving Planets was
1: I kind of want you to talk a number bit more 25. about it.
0: Huh. That was twenty-five, and I think this is like a hundred and twenty-five, isn't it? Something like that. Oh, no, it's 124. Damn, we should have done this next week. Well, that's your fault. Rushing me all the time. So, anyway, triangles have both three corners and also three sides, don't they? Yes, three corners and three sides. Like a triple goddess. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) You are not. (laughs) (laughs) Do triangles have anything to do with triple goddesses? I'm not answering that question here. Is that because it's secret, sacred information that you need to be a third degree initiate of some bullshit tradition to know? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Well, you heard it here first. I thought that we talked <laughs> about the things that all of these people don't talk about, you know, all the secrets. They want us to spill the secrets of the occult world, Chris. That's why they tune into us, rambling on about things. Although, for some, I do think it's a fetish listening to us. Oh, probably. Those people know who they are. (laughs) (laughs) It's like some ASMR shit, I swear. Honestly, you should see some of the messages I get. Oh, there's one now. (laughs) (laughs) Right, anyway, so triangles. So what was your thought process for this? I think it was inspired by you heard other people ask questions about triangles. Is that right? On the tree of the life
1: yeah so i I kind of felt like we needed to possibly explain ourselves a little bit because, bearing in mind that was an early podcast, so we weren't quite deciding if we were educational or not at oh. the time.
0: Well, we've suddenly so, decided to be educational then is that what you're saying now?
1: <laughs> so I'm kind of wondering whether or not this needs to fill in the gap of. Um, what maybe was left out, or maybe they just weren't listening properly. and We did it perfect the first time, um, right?
0: Because which I is just thought, as likely. I thought this podcast was supposed to be a bit like foreplay. You know, you edge close to it, but you don't actually give them the information. Is oh, okay. that how we're supposed to be as occult teachers? You're edging always close to it. There's a little bit yeah. more titillation with every caress. And, and now, then we expect them to they, finish themselves off. And they're, yes, they're expected to finish them, themselves off, basically, <laughs> with another book, which then gives yet another golden nugget or a love egg. <laughs> 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 wow.
1: I think we're going to have to start putting a disclaimer at the beginning of this. May um, contain nuts may contain nuts i think that was an episode did we do that? that is an
0: episode on sacred mess what is it sacred there was one on the divine feminine and the one on the divine masculine and the divine masculine one we i did think we called it may contain nuts. there's no masculine these days they do say masculinity is dying chris and that there is a a crisis of masculinity in the modern world in the west do you agree with this or should we save that for the masculine
1: episode Maybe we save that for the masculine episode. Anyway, mm. I'll have to pretend
0: to be mask that day. Mask. You don't mask. Well. Can you do straight acting? <laughs> if you he try be your best to do your acting, can you do straight
1: everybody, acting? Everybody can do. I'm sure everybody can do straight acting. Right. So triangles. Talk to yes. me about the tree of life, Liam.
0: The tree of life is a wonderful thing. It's quite elegant, you say. Imagine if you were to take all of creation and maybe some of the things that's outside of creation or the universe. Well, there are multiple universes, actually. Let's just say creation because creation is bigger than the universe. Creation involves all of the universes, everything that is there. I know our good Christian things might like to think creation implies a creator and such. But, I mean, it's too difficult to think about specific words. So I'm trying to be general here, Okay. (laughs) let's map this fucker okay lots of smart people have tried to map this fucker culturally and such magically scientifically all that kind of thing one of the best ones i've seen which makes sense i think to a lot of the western minds is this tree of life thing it's quite simple and yet extremely complicated all at once so you can basically think of it as anything person spirit concept anything can be mapped on that tree it's almost like a an operating theater or an operating table you can lay out someone's soul on the tree or you know the earth or I don't know the energies that exist that underpin the foundation of the universe and existence and such can all be mapped essentially for you to take a step back as us mercurial types like to non-commitment you know take a step back and observe and have a little look and think ah i see with from a slightly bigger vantage point what's going on here now and now i can zoom in and such well a lot of people misunderstand the truth of life i think they misunderstand it because they over complicate things because it is by the very nature of being everything in creation Quite complicated, but why overcomplicate things? I believe it was a famous famous inventor or something that said uh, things should be as simple as they need to be, and but no simpler. Something like that. I know that yeah. quote. I didn't make that up. Although I wish I had, it would make me sound very smart, wouldn't it? <laughs> so with this tree of life which at this point if you have no idea what we're talking about you need to go and listen to the weaving planet weaving planets episode episode 25 of the no holds bar witchcraft podcast right get over there now because otherwise this is going to go well beyond what your uh, fragile minds can handle so the concept we talked about last time on the weaving Planets with these triangles and taking these thera or the uh circles that are associated often with planets and angels and shit and stitching them together to create little trinities and such triangles and that and that a lot of people notice that there's the main triangle which is the most common one that's used which is the triangle of manifestation mercury venus the moon the free underpinning energies that require for a physical manifestation Mm -hmm. in the uh Physical worlds, whether that be invocation, evocation, say so summoning spirits or such, or whether that be spell casting and such, you know that's the 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 lower triangle, which most, let's say, ninety nine percent of magical practitioners concern themselves with, whether they're aware of it or not. That's basically what ninety nine percent of magic is really all about: manifesting manifesting cancer for someone you dislike managing the money for someone you, you do like manifesting a spirit or something like that because your lonely ceremonial magicians have no friends and the friends that you do have in your occult communities, you're all basically out to get each other and steal each other's secrets and such presumably I don't know I'm just basing that on pretty much every ceremonial magician minus a few that I've ever met so triangles face up triangles face down Chris, because you have the grand triangle at the top Saturn Neptune up Uranus not it points <laughs> upwards we have this concept which you like to use the dragons don't you up and downy yeah yes the tree there's like the fiery sword and the up and down energies and such climbing or descending and such which means that basically the triangles point up or the triangles point down obviously the manifestation one, Mercury, Venus, the moon, if you were to look at that on the tree of life, it kind of points down. If you look at the grand triangle, the upper one, Saturn, Neptune, Uranus, that kind of points up, right? But then there are other various triangles that point up or down. Mercury, Venus, the sun points up. Mars, Jupiter, the sun points down. It all gets very complicated. Some people work out, upward pointing downward pointing what does this all mean yes there are secrets great occult secrets that are weaved into this but one secret that people don't think of because it's not really a secret it's just a matter of actually fucking thinking about things is these triangles that don't really point up or down they point off to adjacent adjacent is that the right word i don't know what would you call mars venus and jupiter
1: Mars, Venus and Jupiter. Mm. Well, I like to think about them, which I don't know if this blows your mind or not. I try to think of them in actual shapes. So when it comes to when it comes to those kind of like with the the triangle of manifestation, I kind of bring the edges of the I kind of distort the shape a little bit. Mm -hmm. And what I do is an equilateral triangle there. So they need Mm. to pull in the equal amounts. In order for it to work in that way, what I find quite interesting when you kind of move off to the side ones, that mm. you kind of get an isosceles kind of triangle where there's one that is really pulled out further yeah. than the other or, two, or a right angle. Yeah, or, or at a right angle where you kind of showing those where those where those energies are actually pulling at, mm. kind of what you know who's in control in that setup so mm. i kind of you know you then start to think about pulling the other part of the the triangle one of those corners out so which one is actually taking the kind of dominance to kind of balance it i think that when you look at the kind of isosceles, the um equilateral triangle ones these are very balanced mm. groupings which yeah. suggests that they want to work together mm. uh, or naturally work together opposing against like the triangle you've just talked about which is actually going to be an unbalanced one and somebody's going to have to balance that triangle before it's going to work
0: a Um, referee you mean yeah a referee (laughs) okay so in a referee with a match between mars and venus you could have a referee like jupiter or you could have a referee like mercury it would be very unusual and very interesting but of course that's the perfect thing about these balance these balances is that we understand generally, if we've listened to any fucking content you or me has put out, that Mercury and Venus are very much opposed in terms of the way they view things and the way they act and such, Mm. and that they balance each other out perfectly, which is why they underpin a very simple triangle, triangle of manifestation and such, whether we're pointing down to the moon or whether we're pointing up to the sun, left hand, uh, left, Hemisphere of the brain, right hemisphere of the brain, logic and science, cold-natured, detachment, reductionism, and then Venus, where they just low about and have feelings and prance about and do performing arts and shit on that planet, don't they, Chris?
1: Oh, yeah, look, you show your bias
0: for a change. That's good. I'm showing my biases here. I love Venus. I've got to. (laughs)
1: <laughs> i'm not sure she me.
0: i'm not sure she loves you but it's she mine. does love me she does love me she's told <laughs> me enough times. mind you she don't love me as much as luna luna just has a very physical way of showing it but then she <laughs> would i mean look at her crazy bitch anyhow balance so when we think about mercury and we think about venus that is like polar opposites they're like good twin bad twin kind of one's good one's evil you know when we go up a little bit when we go up a little bit if we were to look at mars and venus then there's a disbalance to a certain extent there because they're opposites but they're they have more in common than they realize you see because mars and venus they have emotion in common because Venus is very much experiencing the emotion. Anyone can ride on Venus, as we all know. You know, she loves it. <laughs> but wow. there's a, it's, it's experiencing Venus and the emotions and energies and stuff in a way that you're completely unrestrained to a certain extent. Mars is very direct mars is an experience and it's a very powerful one it can be an overwhelming one but it's one that's heading in one direction he's heading in a direction for battle so that's passion that's passion and stuff that takes over you sure but it takes over you to get you and push you into a direction so both of those are structured and yet unstructured because if mercury is perfectly structured perfectly logical What would that mean if you applied emotion to that? Well, if you applied emotion stuff to Mercury, then you're not really going to get Venus, are you? Because Venus is the complete opposite. But what you would get if you took things is probably more like a Mars. You're gonna get a Mars, which you're gonna get power, you're gonna get emotion, you're gonna get an overwhelming amount of energy, but it's gonna always be directed at something because Mercury is logical and Mercury's you know I wouldn't necessarily single-minded but binary code essentially you think of in terms of you know computers and Mercury and stuff like that Uh, if Venus get her act together and decides to do something you get Mars (laughs) (laughs) and God fucking help you (laughs) which is why they're opposite but at the same time there's more in common so, when you look at that, and we're not going to go through all of them because that's given too much away, isn't it? We don't want to spill all the occult secrets. Away, also, look we at need, how we we'd just, need a lot longer than an hour. <laughs> yeah, we look at how we've just kind of splayed those out a little bit. Now, there's some really interesting ones on the little tree and such. Um, we probably won't talk about Pluto because it's just too complicated to talk about the abyss and such. Uh, most of the time, when we try to put Mars, Jupiter and something else we tend to basically when it gets above the abyss, when it gets to that very complicated, uberly unrestrained stuff, is that's universe destroying stuff. So at that point we need to limit that. We need to put a very, very rigid structure on that. And the most rigid structure there is essentially Saturn. So we normally transpose and put Saturn there how am yes. I doing in terms of talking about triangles and stuff, which have almost gone for half an hour already?
1: Well, the thing is, I think it's kind of necessary on the basis that some of the comments that I still see
0: mm. and
1: some of the conversations that we have with mentees kind of says that this is a level of explanation that may actually be needed. Mm. Because although we introduce people to the Kabbalah and kind of but through the lens of the tree, We don't ever really get them to push them into the land that is Kabbalah. Um, We just kind of talk about the tree as a mapping system. And I think very few, I don't know if you can think of any, Liam, but I can't think of any that have ever really talked in depth about anything beyond the manifestation triangle. No.
0: Um, Um, Some people have talked about other shapes that are not triangular. Yes. Which is interesting. I mean to blow it all up. If you take that tree of life and you fold it in half, you get Metatron's cube. Yeah, Metatron's cube is essentially every single shape or a symbol in existence, and every single shape and signal can be symbol can be mapped upon the tree. Christ on his crucifix can be mapped on that tree. In fact, a lot of these biblical mythology stories and all of that. All of the mythos and stories can be hung on that tree and very much the symbology is there and the energies that are at play are there. What was Christ stabbed with? The spear of Mars, of course, which penetrated through him, through the Christ child, which is the sun, directly into Jupiter. Jupiter was the cup, the chalice that caught the blood of Christ. And obviously when all these magicians and such, they like to do their um, Celtic crossy thing. That's essentially partly what they're doing. They're growing themselves to stand and balance on those energies and such. But anyway, we can go into that on more of a ceremonial magic thing. I don't want those people stealing too many secrets.
1: No, but I think just giving those kind of little droplets there, give Mm. them the thought of kind of going, actually... I know that a lot of our mentees like to bounce off something they've heard mm. us talk about and then go off down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, you know, and ultimately you could spend your entire lifetime and several others just to really get to grips with this tree yeah. as to what's possible. Cause like you say, all of creation has been, you know, pushed down into this mercurial shape Mm -hmm. um in order to explain something far more complex than it actually is um what i do like though is for people and mainly because i think at the time when we talked about it for weaving planets it was very much at the front of my brain with how could i apply my craft spinning um Mm. to the process of combining these energies Mm. so you know it started off as which I still think is the f- the my favourite thing I think I've possibly ever done in for um, Thoth as a whole, um, other than Fausty, probably, is the thing I've probably enjoyed kind of, you know, intellectually masturbating over, you know, where you're just kind of playing and playing and playing until um, you oh, hope well, to those, get...
0: Those dry orgasms you talk about.
1: Yeah, those ones the um the brain gasms the brain gasms kind of going on and on and on and you just kind of get lost in that space um you know and for me i stuck to those triangle forms because i needed something particularly when it comes to spinning is you're trying to create something stable Mm. um and particularly as we were kind of working on a product that we were going to let poor unfortunate souls purchase it kind of needed to have those kind of safeguards on it, as to kind of going, can you have this? It really. <laughs> so, well, the safeguards were there in its natural state of kind of going. Are you smart enough to unlock its potential? Mm. Um, which I think is the best safeguard you could ever give is mm. intelligence. Look at the hum- Look at humanity. But I won't get. I won't get off on, like off on a tangent. So the for me, I think I encourage individuals to focus on the triangles. I think because they're likely to be easier to stabilize, Mm. you know, if we were suddenly to talk about the, the pyramid that occurs in order to lift the solar self up, um, that would start to get a bit too complicated for them because they're dealing with five planets there. Mm. Um, so, you know, or, or trying to bend and shape this into Meta- Metatron's cube. Yeah. Um, these are the levels of magic that you're really not going to be able to fully understand until you've crossed the abyss itself. But, which I know puts, um, you know, a large majority of people onto a disadvantage there. Yeah. But there is so much to be done before Saturn, that you could spend an entire lifetime working on and still not have done all of it um i just think people look at them and kind of go you know start trying to jump onto bigger shapes and i don't feel in in the majority of it that it's necessary i think there Mm -hmm. is such a strong foundation there with triangles um that you can kind of see why that pythagoras guy was so obsessed with them
0: um you know definitely triangles are a magic free of the magic number in it very much so so there's some quite interesting things that we could talk about um, and the energetic imbalances is something that's obviously quite a popular. One people talk about how you would map, how you would understand an energetic imbalance. If you understand it from a logical perspective, then you would probably want to reduce it down to something like the tree of life and explore it through something like that. So where a lot of the psychics go wrong is they can pick up, oh I kind of pick up this energy, or I kind of need to balance you out they rely on systems very often that they don't really understand the chakra systems obviously quite a popular one that they tend to bastardize and misunderstand but they are all systems of understanding balance but when do you ever hear people talk about triangles and such with regards to chakras or balances they just know oh I've got to do it in an order and I need to fill them up and open them up I cannot open them up too much because it's too bright and I get my eyes go funny you know I've got to put my sunglasses on whereas we're you know that's I mean come on that's so unbelievably like that's not even kindergarten is it is that what they no. call it in America reception class nursery school that's not even nursery school like Latin. Hmm. but anyway that's it for the standard edition of the no hold barred witchcraft podcast we're going to be talking about pelvises next okay in the extended edition of the podcast because pelvises are kind of triangular aren't they? It's kind of triangular shaped yeah 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 there we go. We'll tell you about the mysteries of the pelvis. I bet you don't hear that from other occultists the mysteries of the cu- <laughs> the mystery of the pelvis and the tree tell a little story okay And again all of these such things you can pick up yourself by not going and buying and researching things in books because they won't tell you much other than stuff that you can regurgitate to your friends to sound clever. Actually, you get this via progressing and climbing the tree. You also get calluses from climbing trees, but it's all good for you. That goes back to that whole masculinity thing, Chris, don't it? that we were talking about. Anyway, bye for now. So what's all this about pelvises we're talking about? (laughs)
1: Well, I think you're trying I think you're trying to talk about the uh, creation triangle or maybe the manifestation triangle. Manifestation
0: triangle. We're talking about the manifestation triangle, pelvis. Right. Okay. Let's give some mysteries away. Okay. Okay. Away, it rhymes. There's a magic to that. Did I just say a spell? Did Liam just do a spell without me realising it? I mean, it fucking rhymed. It must have been a spell. Because if I don't know anything, and I often don't know anything, all I do know is that spells on TV always rhyme. So let's red pill shall we? <laughs> <laughs> no, we won't. We won't go that far. If we take someone, maybe someone the semi-famous, uh, I don't know if you might have heard of this guy called Jesus. Is it Jesus? No, Jesus, that's it. That Jesus geezer, right? The Jesus geezer. The one, the, the Rosicrucians put as like a stand-in for basically every fucking man and woman. <laughs> you know, The Christians, they kind of make him sound like he's a little bit special son of God and such. But really, when you think about it, if you are a being that exists, then you are therefore part of creation. Therefore you are also son or daughter of God. Therefore you are like the Jesus, you know? <laughs> Basically, if we take the Jesus and we put him and crucify him to the tree, right? We didn't even need to carve it and turn it into a cross. We could just crucify him straight on the tree, Chris. What'd we you do that? that? If we crucify our friend Jesus or Jesus on the tree, you'll find that roughly speaking, okay, where Mars is and Jupiter is, Mars would be on his right shoulder, okay, Jupiter would be on his left shoulder, where his kind of heart and solar plexus is, funnily enough, that would be where the sun is, that's why they call it a solar plexus to a certain extent, it's quite a big deal in occultism, the solar energies and such, quite a big deal when it comes to Jesus, I mean they go about actually calling in the sun and such where is gonads are okay which is the uh let's say the hangy dang bit the meat and two veg is what they say isn't it basically the winky and the balls where that is that's the moon you see the moon some of us hang lower than others i know droopy moon chris (laughs) um And then where his feet are, his feet are anchored, they're stood on the physical world, the physical plane, which is very interesting. Okay, so where we look at kind of the V taper, V tapered man, roughly as our Jesus would be, his right shoulder would be touching Mars. Left shoulder would be touching uh, Jupiter. Solar plexus would be on the sun genitalia and such would be on the moon feet would be touching the earth his head would be somewhere up in the clouds funnily enough which would be somewhere kind of beyond Pluto to, to a certain extent what that really means is it's between Saturn and Neptune but not quite as high as Uranus Uranus is almost like a crank that sits on his head you know which is also not too dissimilar from the symbol that they often use for Uranus um We could talk a lot about the symbol that's used for Uranus, but I'm not going to because it's far too filthy. You'll have to message me privately if you want my interpretation of it. (laughs) Okay, but there we go. I mean, what mysteries are there? What can we think about this kind of thing? Well, we could think for one. Jesus is a super cool occultist, like a magician and that, and he got super amounts of power and stuff. I mean, he can turn wine into water and water into wine and, you know, <laughs> fuck people up and stuff, you know? Super cool. That's more than Sabrina the Teenage Witch can do, as far as I'm aware. She just used to, you know, point at things, didn't she? I mean, the newer editions a lot better, to be fair. But... I think she actually
1: go doesn't she go through a bit of a G- Jesus phase in the later season?
0: Kind of. I mean, she's the sword, isn't she? Sword of Lucifer. So, you know, she goes a bit better. Cool. I like it. Anyway, so superpowers and what we can overly look at this, because as a cultist, we like to overthink, don't we all? Right. When we look at things like stereotypes, and this is all about stereotypes, I mean, let's be fair, this fucker was created by old men with long beards and white hair. I mean, this is about as stereotypically patriarchal as we can get. So, we're going to try and go as stereotypically patriarchal as we can get. But it doesn't matter because we are all human. We are all children of the God and Goddess, as the Wiccan stuff say. <laughs> Therefore, we all are balanced. We all come from and inherit both male and female aspects. Therefore, we are all worthy, apart from the unworthy ones that just sit around. I don't know what is it mundanes do with their lives? basically fuck all most of the time isn't it as occultists, we all start to try to become worthy to to basically crucify ourselves on the tree which is not a physical death what it basically means is standing and basically kind of lying on the tree and commanding it right so when we think super stereotypically and i'll try to put some head fuckery in as i generally like to do and not give the answers to this When we think about Mars and we think about destruction and power and stuff, a lot of people would associate things like weapons and swords and stuff. A very interesting one, as I've demonstrated before on Witchcraft Life, when I got my old sword out, the katana, my favourite one. You hold a katana or a sword with your right hand, okay? It's the topper part of the hilt. That's the power hand. That's where all the slicing and the power comes from. Mars is very powerful, very destructive, you know, but it gets tempered, you see, it gets controlled and balanced by Jupiter. Jupiter is very authority, kingly, queenly, you know, that kind of thing. When you hold a sword, you hold it with your power hand and that does the swiping. But the actual cutting, the movement, you actually, when you're holding with your left hand, when you cut through and slice with a katana, The power is generated from the right hand, but the left hand kind of guides it, but it also does this movement, which swipes it. People that have ever played with swords and such, you would know what I'm talking about, but that's all very symbolic of this, which is the, the balance between Mars and Jupiter, the power that you as a practitioner wield, which is a considerable amount of power, and then also the tempered use of that power the fact that you are of a kingly higher disposition you kind of you know you don't do irresponsible shit and when you do do when you do do irresponsible shit then you have to be prepared for the consequences of said irresponsible shit anyway both of those feed into the sun. the sun. what is the sun? the would most of the time they would call it a Jesus or Apollo or something like that the one that is becoming worthy to wear the crown because Apollo isn't Zeus, is he? Kind of like second in line to the throne, like Arthur and Uther Pendragon. You know, you're always trying to become worthy of the crown, where the crown, crown of Uranus, creation, everything. Okay, Saturn and Neptune and Uranus—they're all very, very powerful and beyond the abyss. So, you know, you don't—they don't necessarily line up but they are above you. They are things that control your mind, your head, which essentially is probably the most important part of you. That's why they cut your head off with cryonic preservation and you can choose whether you want your head stored or whether you want your full body stored. It costs more for the full body, so some people just go with the head. And no, Walt Disney is not cryonically preserved before you jump in. (laughs) whether he's a Nazi or not I'm not entirely sure I know he had a thing for moustaches so he could be so what other things have we got that's right Chris you didn't explain the pelvis what's that got to do with it well with this nice V taper thing you'll find that Saturn, Neptune, Uranus don't really touch the head they're more like kind of like a crown Mars and Jupiter if you're fairly broad-shouldered like we are then they are going to touch they are going to touch you on the shoulders Mercury and Venus don't really do that in fact the closest thing to really Mercury and Venus touching is normally with your stereotypical female physique because they have that hourglass physique women are very often quite strong with the Venusian current aren't they funny that isn't it um but the pelvis would line up roughly with your mercury venus moon and the only thing that is touching is your genitalia which is the moon and mercury and venus what does that say about a man the fact that the man with that v taper mercury and venus doesn't really touch but they both feed into the moon well this is exactly why men are horn dogs as they say isn't it which head are they thinking with are they thinking with the mercurial head i know i shouldn't i know i really should suit up because i know how babies are made but venus venus had my head at the time well she had that head and that head controlled the big head and i don't know i just got caught up in it okay when you're in the moment you just get caught up in it and that's how babies are made chris uh, and then there's something about a man no one was missing comes. something yeah so basically you can overread into that and think about that but all of these things Are interconnected and all very creatively, beautifully symbolic. And that's why you can get really interesting manifestations with regards to dodgy genitalia and things going wrong if you fuck about with some of these triangles. If you fuck about with any of these, this is how black magic works, kids, at a higher level is not all of this i'm gonna do a spell package a bunch of energy together and fling it at someone like a monkey throwing a turd <laughs> from, from a tree right and then we get into a turd flinging monkey kind of wars where you got one wiccan or magical practitioner packaging up energy and flinging it in another who's firing it back yeah. oh how frightfully common <laughs> at a higher level what we do is we say well actually all these turd flinging monkeys they all belong on the earth Terra. some of them are associated and can get up to the moon but really what we want to do to create maximum devastation is most people don't even know that they have a jupiterian or mars or anything like that why don't we just fuck about there in their very soul and watch it manifest watch it manifest I know what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna put a splinter in someone's chakra. Which chakra shall I go for? Well, I don't know, I'll go for the one that, the color that I like the least, or basically anyone that I can actually get to. What can I do the equivalent? Oh, I know, I'm gonna go and fuck up mercury. How's that gonna manifest? Well, it's probably gonna manifest depending on what I do to it in very mercurial ways. Mercurial bad things, Parkinson's is one of them sad black magic when we talk about un our unbalances not all of these unbalances are due to black magic and people doing bad things about on us and ghosts and spirits and such fucking with us some of it's to do with us naturally you know we can unbalance ourselves which can have some very serious consequences But luckily, if we unbalance ourselves, it's probably because we're doing magic. And if we're doing magic, then we're used to sensing energy. And if we're used to sensing energy, then generally speaking, we tend to be able to feel there's something wrong. Even if we do not feel exactly where it's coming from, because we were unaware of different component connected parts to us. But this is all to do with triangles, Chris. We could move on to other shapes but i don't know if their minds can take it
1: well this is the thing this is why i kind of why i wanted to talk about this kind of now Mm. um is because people have a tendency to talk about other shapes Mm. and i'm just kind of like well actually do you understand the possibilities that are there for just the triangles before Mm. you start trying to complicate things um Mm. to go in a different direction um and again what i quite like is you know you're taking those um those first two um those first two as part of the manifestation triangle and then understanding and then understanding um where you can pull that third one so for example even just starting out at the very beginning um mm. and kind of replacing one of those three that are required Mm. Even just flipping up to the solar aspect Mm. is complicated enough um, without people getting up into crazy ideas, um, like pulling that, that third spot up to Mars or pulling that third spot up to Jupiter and seeing, well, actually, even as a thought exercise what impact are you having on that that thing Mm. so if we're saying that journey aspect when we talk about our triangle of manifestation that we talk about which is the the lunar aspect if you're replacing a journey um from with that kind of lunar manifestation part that jelly (laughs) that jelly part that's kind of um sorry i just realized using the word jelly when you've just put that as the gonad section, yeah,
0: that's the gonad section yeah. uh, a correspondence, is, if you look it up in the llewellyn one i don't know did they have ky jelly in scott cunningham's day if they did it would most likely be in one of his books as a correspondence for luna surely i would imagine so it would make sense i'm sure they had ky jelly back then it was the 90s when he died I can't
1: think when he died.
0: I think it was the 90s. I could be wrong about that. Some say he's still going. They've just locked him in an office somewhere in Llewellyn headquarters. And this just forces him to write books all day long. Wow. Mean, isn't it? Mean. Awful.
1: So, yeah, so my my thought process is that if you're just even just replacing one aspect of those three and what level of impact that could have on its own before mm. you even get considering other triangles like what i'm what i'm kind of which i know is not very me at all um kind of emphasis in, uh, emphasizing a kind of cautionary aspect of approaching these mm. because we would expect you at the very least to have some kind of understanding of how the um, how Mercury and Venus, because we talk about it so often, um, what those imbalances look like, mm. and that's just when you're leaning slightly to the left or slightly to the right, um, and I don't mean politically. Um, mm. So you know, if you're already showing imbalances there, are you really capable? Of talking about a unity between um, the sun, uh, Jupiter and Mars. Like, are you actually ready to even comprehend Mm. what that would actually look like if you haven't lowered, you know, and obviously that's kind of why I am quite, um, like you said at the beginning, very into the concept of ascending and descending up and down um them and looking them at at us as a set of hierarchies mm. um not in that kind of woke way mm. but understanding that one builds upon another yeah um not in the kind of what the bit i also hate uh which kind of seems um contradictory of what i've just said is why i don't like the chakra system mm. when they're described as cups mm, yeah so i i kind of don't want your brain to go there when i say ascend and descend i mean root mm. i don't mean filling of cups which is what most people uh, you know most people will kind of push from their knowledge of western westernized um chakra systems so what i'm what I'm kind of trying to push there is you understanding them as roots, going through this one to get to that one. Or like with the manifestation triangle, all three of them pulling in together in order to create that space, that kind of equal share of those three or not equal share. So when we talk about a spell being successful or unsuccessful, because one of these is not powered correctly, is that in that section, in that, in that understanding, those three things need to be equal.
0: Mm. Otherwise,
1: yeah. you're going to have a dodgy um, manifestation because they haven't been balanced or they haven't been considered in order to be. So depending on what you're trying to achieve will say where the waiting needs to be. I'm not saying that all three of them need to be equal in the sense of some kind of woke bullshitty ex- ex- exercise of equality. What I'm talking about is the right amount of all three of them need to be present in order yeah. for the manifestation to happen, which I think is where people get confused is they think about things of, Oh, well I need all three in equal measure. that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is there is an equation to be balanced and
0: all three of them need to be balanced each to their own do you know what the most underrated magical uh tool is for planetary magic chris what's that the fidget spinner (laughs) You try mapping, you buy one of those fidget spinners and then you map with your little fidget spinner, free energies on that fidget spinner, pull it in and then start playing with it. Oh my gosh, it'll open up wonderful, crazy ass things. And that's just the triple fidget spinner. The most common ones are normally the the triple fidget spinner. You hold it and there's free balances like holes on the outside. Absolutely wonderful. I love the fidget spinner for planetary magic for groupings of freeze, anyway. There's those giant fidget spinners. I don't know if you've seen. Imagine holding it at the sun in the middle and then having Mars, Mercury, Luna, Venus, Jupiter, and Saturn all around the outside and fidget spin that fucker. <laughs> yeah. Craziness. If you want to pull in those energies, meld them together. Chris you would apply the yarns and such wouldn't you you can separate them out in a very mercurial way each individual yarn and then weave them all together into some great thing i'd just basically annoying each part of me fidget spinner and spin it round for a bit you know that that gets my that gets me going definitely there's so much stuff there's so much tidbits of information and things that we could give away it is all rather complicated i know but essentially we haven't even got onto the zodiac. Because Mr. Chris, you've often talked about the zodiac as looking down on everyone. Because you like to look down on people, don't you? The plebs and such, down do. in the cheap seats, up from Mount Olympus and such. You'll find that the zodiac itself is interchanged or interchangeable, I should say, on the tree of life. Some people will associate it with net neptune which is in the top triangle the one on the right number two and some people will call it the zodiac i've always been a fan of calling it the zodiac personally um but i write neptune down because i would rather draw just a picture of neptune for a symbol than having to trace out every fucker in the zodiac but either way it's (laughs) interchangeable you'll find that that is number two saturn being number three which means that's above saturn And with that, trying to try and understand that, I mean, people struggle with the abyss for fuck's sake. Trying to really actually understand the Zodiac. Very fucking complicated. Because to work with Neptune, to work with that one sphere, as they say, that one planetary sphere, you're actually working with 12 other fuckers. Yeah. And that's complicated. Just when you think, ah, I can approach Venus, kind of like I approach Mercury, they it's a little bit different. Okay, they're very different. And Okay, one's about embodiment, one's about reductionism and looking at it. Mars and Jupiter, well, that makes sense because Jupiter is kind of, I need to be in control and kingly and I need to be worthy for that. Mars, I basically just need to be a warrior. What do warriors do? They do one thing extremely fucking well and they keep going until they die, you know? how do i approach neptune what the fuck is neptune how the fuck do i approach saturn because every time i try he just says oh for fuck's sake what are you doing here oh, <laughs> i feel like i'm unworthy of this time they do say it's a <laughs> lot of complaints many have complained that they cannot get anything out of saturn other than basically lack of enthusiasm and the general sense that he looks down upon them which yeah that's that's pretty accurate if you're getting that as a psychic well done that is correct <laughs>
1: Well, like you've said already, um, you know, we that spot where we that interchangeable spot, Mm. um, you know, Saturn is that gatekeeper of moving into that spot in order to kind of complete that kind of hexagram occurrence Mm. that's going on there in order to actually do that kind of you move Saturn from that point to that central point which, again, I think is another part that people fail to understand, uh. is that, that that space that Pluto occupies, when it's there and when it's not there, is is actually an interchangeable spot mm. for Saturn, because Saturn is that gatekeeper between those upper and lower realms.
0: Mm. So
1: by understanding that kind of crossing crossing the abyss aspect you can kind of understand why that per that you know why that limitation is so important that mm. kind of gateway that gatekeeper aspect now you know if you're going to think of saturn as a as a bodyguard you know i want to call bodyguard don't mean that do i i mean bouncer that's the one i mean <laughs> um yeah. as that kind of gatekeeper All that that all that Saturn does all day, every day, is deal with bullshit idiots. You know, (laughs) going no, you can't get in because if I let you in, you won't get back out again. Um, (laughs) You know, it's all day, every day, and I think people don't quite respect Saturn for what Saturn
0: or they think he's bad. They think he's bad, but they don't realise. People have to die. If they didn't, you would be in a very precarious situation. If there was no death and you were, kept going for attorney, oh, my God, you would stagnate so quickly. What more headfuckery can we put in this? Because we've got about four minutes left.
1: Well, the last headfuckery that naturally comes to me is, particularly as you've already kind of introduced the Zodiac space, of um, kind of going, that's a headfuck in itself, because that's the overwhelming amount of information that's available there Mm. then you kind of go well well, what about kether that kind of top crown position yeah the the nothingness nothingness,
0: um, pre-existence pre-existence before Um, you've even had the thought (laughs) because if it is a thought it is a thing okay it's not really constrained yet but that would be around about well probably the first uh, a zodiac sign or is it the 12th zodiac sign it depends It's like a fucking wheel of fun isn't it you spin it round <laughs> um depending on whether you think of them as numbers or whether you just think of them as colors if you think of them as colors and you get a color wheel which is the first color i mean is it just the one that when you walked in the room and the color wheel was there the little arrow was pointing to that one therefore you assume i don't know what's the top what's the bottom i mean at least with numbers there's a one or there's a 12 i mean fuck no the but i
1: find i find numbers misleading in yeah, that concept are. because oh. that's the biggest point there isn't they there isn't an order to them
0: mm.
1: there's a kind of gauge as to completeness or not and yes. i think that's yes. i think i think actually what they're failing to understand is you know it's not about um it's not about what number you're on it's about how full or how empty you are Mm -hmm. so you know you have that kind of and even that is is too is too restrictive um Mm. to use but that kind of consider it a pie chart (laughs) oh yeah how how (laughs) how much of the cake is available to be eaten and not available to be eaten um you know it's one of those kind of parts where people don't understand the zodiac there's too much information for it to be reduced which i think is Mm -hmm. why the best way to kind of give that representation is like you say consider it neptune as an ocean um and then start to not not kind of focus too much about the contents of the ocean Mm -hmm. bearing in mind we know less about the bottom of the ocean than we do about space Mm -hmm. um you know it's that kind of aspect of it
0: that I think is overwhelming for most people. So for three, I think there's a lot of stuff that's come up, but three parts of what we'll call Kabbalistic fuckery for you to mull over, we'll give these three ones. One is the Zodiac. What the fuck is that? WTF, mate. Right? <laughs> and given that most people start learning the Zodiac and think that they can read astrology charts, this is pretty high up the fucking spectrum, isn't it? Which should give you some indication as to why astrologers are so shite and cannot do the magic, because it's way above their fucking pay grade at that point. So that's one to think about. Second one to think about on the three parts of Kabbalistic fuckery that we're about to un un unsheath, I don't know what you would say. <laughs> um, The next part is that there's an, often an angel associated with each of the sphere. So each of the planets has a corresponding angel, much like, you know, all of these things. And also demons as well, you'll notice as well so is this whole angel demon thing do the angels exist and if they are little cogs and mechanisms of the universe if i call up mars can i actually just call up an angel or the angel of mars and is it in fact the same deity same spirit same energy or is it just kind of like from a judeo christian lens is it somehow constrained like the spirits of the goetia are basically constrained a constrained form of uh, well greek greco-roman necromancy if you trace it back i suppose you could say so that's kabbalistic fuckery for a while it's like these angels thing because they can be mapped on the tree and they are associated but if i get an angel can i trust it is it constrained is it biased? is it like one of those computers at school chris with the rm safety knots on that would only let you access certain websites is basically when i work the judeo-christian mysteries is that like trying to surf the internet in North Korea? <laughs> so that's a bit of cabalistic fuckery. The last bit of cabalistic fuckery I'd like to talk about. So people talk about the uh, there's another word, secret word that it makes ceremonial magicians shudder at the thought of it. It's a scary, scary thing, and yet the people with color changing contact lenses they love this word, right? I'm going to teach you something for you to think about is this abyss thing right this abyss thing now you'll find that the abyss we normally label most people tend to label or people that understand it label it as Pluto Pluto's a right fucker is it there is it not there is it a planet is it not a planet they can't seem to make up the fucking mind it's kind of there at the end of the day we kind of leave space for it like we leave space for you know that person that sometimes shows up at Christmas sometimes doesn't, we don't know whether they're going to attend, kind of like a dumb supper situation. You leave a place at the table for the dead, even though they're kind of not physically there, but they kind of also are there. But, you know, this Pluto thing, normally it gets put, it gets put in the abyss to represent the abyss, but it also gets put kind of at a crossroads between Mars and Neptune and Jupiter and Saturn, right in the middle, between Uranus and the sun. Pluto yeah, pluto's normally where we put that if we were to accurately draw it on a piece of paper one could not draw it what one would need is a cabalistic hole punch so if you've got your hole punch and you hole punched where pluto would be that would give you a hole in the piece of paper Now, if the piece of paper is all of creation, the piece of paper is all of creation, yes. But there are two sides to a piece of paper. There are two sides to creation. Therefore, if you were to start climbing that tree and cross through that abyss and get, you know, not really understand the nature of it, which is why I get so worried when dim wits try to work with it the same as any other planet, let's say, that's a hole, like a black hole. Black Sun, whatever, I don't really know. depends how you want to buy it. But what do you find on the other end of that? There's this thing called the back of the piece of paper. And if you've got like a banknote, Chris or a coin, there's two sides to every coin, two sides to every banknote, aren't there? On the other side of that gaping chasm, that hole, because remember, depending on what side of the tree you're on, what side of the paper, that hole is the fucking same. If anything, it's probably almost like one of the only things that is consistent. Okay, because it's a hole, right? If you climb through that hole and you appear on the other side of that piece of paper, what doth thou find? They find that thing called the quillop, the inverse tree, where all the demons and that is, you know? The evil tree, the bad tree, right? Which is basically normally just coloured in with slightly more, you know, mute kind of darker colours. And rather than planets and such they talk about, they normally just, or angels, they normally associate demons with it. So whether the lesser key of Solomon or the greater key of Solomon, all of a sudden we have yet another fucking tree. But that's what's classed as the bad tree, Chris. But the bad tree lines up perfectly with the good tree, which is on the other side of the page. So is that tree really a different tree, or is it the same tree? Kabbalistic fuckery. Anything to add? No, I think beautifully end it there. Okay, we'll end it there. And watch them end themselves if they try to (laughs) climb through the hotel in the abyss. Goodbye, everyone.